Let me see. Um, the first, let me give some advice first as to what you should be reading on this. And it's the single most important issue, in my opinion, right now. It is the major source of risk um, to the US economy. And that's what's happening in Europe right now. So um, I'm not going to be too popular on, on the video. But I actually think that uh, your first choice of reading should be Financial Times right now. They've got the best coverage of what's happening in Europe. And it's very high quality right now. So uh, if you can grab that, uh, I've luckily got online subscription, but um, that's where I would go. And I'm not paid by them to say this. Um, so it, it's pretty good. So, so let me talk a little bit about what's happening. And it is unbelievably complex. And one mistake that people make is thinking that uh, Europe has got kind of the same flexibility as the US did uh, during the financial crisis. It's just not the case. Uh, we are not even at the stage of getting the stability fund uh, approved yet. So you need 17 parliaments to approve, and it's not approved yet. And if you think that it's going to be easy to leverage the EFSF, um, it's not going to be, because um, the German finance minister made it clear the other day, what day was it? It was Monday, that um, that would require parliamentary approval. So, so right now, think of it as a, a fund that's got 440 uh, billion euros. Um, the problem in Europe is not 440 billion euros that it's probably more like 2 trillion. So how do you get from 440 to 2 trillion? Well, Geithner suggested, well, just lever. But again, that's not so easy. Not so easy at all. Because uh, in many ways that you could lever would require um, parliamentary approval, unanimous parliamentary approval. So. There are some ways, I think, that it could be done, but the degree of leverage is going to be uh, more moderate than people uh, are expecting that they could do. And, and it's kind of interesting. One of the reasons why they can't really lever this up, because it's going to affect France's credit rating. So when you're actually putting the funds into this facility and then levering up, all of a sudden, like right now, France has got um, 7% um, fiscal deficit and 90% GDP. It's AAA. It shouldn't be AAA right now. But for sure, if they start putting the money into the EFSF and levering it up, it's going to lose its AAA status. It loses its AAA status. Uh, you saw um, you know, when it happened to the US, uh, some disruption. It's going to be more disruption uh, in Europe. So you see also this tension between Germany and France with, with regard to how much the private sector uh, should take in terms of restructuring. So right now, they've agreed on like a 21% haircut, which is really, you know, to me, uh, it's not even close uh, in terms of what these bonds are actually worth. But it's what they could get agreement on. Germany wants a bigger um, write-down and a bigger uh, private sector participation. France doesn't. And the reason's really simple, because the French banks are highly exposed 
uh, more highly exposed to the peripheral debt than, than Germany. So this is not easy. You've got everybody um, has got to agree. Um, you cannot move quickly on anything. It's taken over a year to put the EFSF uh, together. Now, if you go back in time to when the US um, was scrambling to do something, and even that wasn't easy. So Paulson went to Congress with the, the TARP proposal with the chairman of the Fed uh, side by side. And the original TARP proposal actually was defeated in Congress. Um, but they went back pretty quickly and got approval. And one thing that you can't underestimate the importance of was that they got $700 billion, but they also got flexibility. The original proposal was to use the 700 billion to basically buy the bad assets of the banks. Okay, so to, to relieve them of the toxic assets. And in the end, they used it for a totally different purpose. They used it to recapitalize. That's not what they told Congress. So they did something different. And they had the flexibility of actually doing that. That's not gonna be the case. Uh, in terms of the EFSF. So they don't have the flexibility. They're slow. This issue has been known for so long, yet um, they're still fumbling around. It creates huge uncertainty in the market. It, the, the, yesterday, um, they said there's going to be another stress test in Europe. Okay, that's good. Because the last one said that they were short, in terms of uh, capital needs, of 2.5 billion. Okay, and, 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 and that's a joke. That's not even close. Dexia's in the news um, in, in terms of um, its troubles. You know, just that one bank alone, uh, the 2.5, you know, doesn't even come close to covering. So. So 2.5 is not even close. 250 billion euros, not even close. The 440 billion euros in the EFSF is not even close. Okay, so you, you see you've got problems. So where do I come down on this? And we can complain a lot, but what, what are we actually gonna do here? Um, and, and basically what I've uh, suggested um, is that we don't, we, we need to cut off um, the so-called bailout money going to the countries. It's just not productive. Okay, we need to put Greece into bankruptcy. If you put the money to Greece, um, basically not enough has happened there in terms of reforms so that even if you eliminated their debt, they're just gonna run it up again. So right now it's projected to be maybe 175% of, um, of, of GDP, which is not sustainable. The ECB has been in there buying, um, buying sovereign debt. And basically all they can do with what they've been doing is to hold the rate, not bring the rate down. So, so why not go in and um, cut off the money, put them into default, and then focus the EFSF on funding the systemically important banks that 
are healthy enough to, um, to take the medicine, so to speak. The ones that are, are, are basically too far gone, they should just be restructured. We've got basically 91 systemically important banks uh, in Europe, probably there's too many. So, so I don't like this idea of going and bailing out everybody. I've never liked that. I was very critical uh, when um, the 2008-2009 crisis was going on of this attitude, everybody should be bailed out. That, that's not the way it works in, in business. You take a reckless risk, um, then, then, um, then you should, you know, basically risk involves getting high returns and sometimes it involves uh, taking a loss. And you're in this business, uh, you need to be prepared to go out of business uh, if, things don't, uh, if things don't turn out. Uh, let, the last thing I'll say is kind of the announcement yesterday uh, about what the ECB is doing. So people looking for the ECB to reduce the interest rate. Yeah, it's 1.5%. To me, there's not a lot of difference between 1.5% and 1% or even 0.5%. That's not really going to solve uh, any problem. It's not going to affect the rates on uh, the sovereign debt. It's not really going to do that much. And basically what they did is they said that they'll go in and, and buy $40 billion of so-called covered bonds. Uh, in, in a program, it's uh, and, and basically, you know, covered bond is is not like buying um, senior, um, you know, debt that has is basically no collateral. The the covered debt actually attaches some collateral to it, so they're actually taking some of this debt. Uh, the problem is, if if they buy this off the banks, what what are the banks going to do with it? And this has been an issue in the past. So, so the ECB buys some of the, um, the, the covered bonds, right? And then the banks take the money and they get a great interest rate right from the ECB. What do they do? It's buy some high yield, some sovereign debt. So we need to be sure that they're not going to do that to make the spread, the so-called spread. And they figure, well, it doesn't matter, we'll be bailed out. And that's, I guess, another issue. Uh, the moral hazard problem is, is a huge issue. So, so as I said, the way I see it is that we uh, need to focus the money that they've got on basically restarting the financial system over there rather than allocating money to kind of failed uh, regimes.